Hello world! So, cats or dogs, Android or iPhone? Most of us have our favourite, but what about property or stocks and shares? Which one should you pick and why? Let's have a look at each of them in detail and go through the positives and negatives, providing the information needed to make the right choice for you. It should be noted that not all types of property or stocks and shares investments are alike, and in some cases there could be some crossover investments such as real estate investment trusts, or REITs for short. However, for the sake of making a comparison, let's stick to the more well-known of each. So, buy to let for property, and equities and bonds for stocks and shares. So, let's start with the pros and cons of property. And we'll start with buy to let, of course. So, negatives. There's high stamp duty as of 2016. Thank you, Mr. Osborne. If you're buying a second home, the stamp duty tax is 3% more than the lower rate. That higher rate kicks in when you have an additional property. So if you've thought about buying a property for less than 40,000, there's no stamp duty tax, but higher there is. To put this into perspective, if you bought your first home for 200,000 pounds, the stamp duty would come to 1,500 pounds. However, if this was an additional property, it would be £7,500. That's five times more just on tax. This is where buying a house to renovate can be well worth it to pay less tax on the outset. Even with the latest measures put in place from the Chancellor of Exchequer to freeze stamp duty until March 2021, buying an additional property will still retain its additional rate of 3%. This works out as a tax payment of £6,000 for the same £200,000 property. Next is capital gains tax. If you're looking to sell at some point in the future, capital gains tax will be 18% for those on a basic rate income tax and 28% for those on a higher rate. If the option is available to you, a way to offset this is to gift the property to your husband, wife, to a partner or charity. Next is regarding capital growth. So if you don't choose now wisely, the price of the property could go down. As well as the capital growth, and tax implications of the budget property you'll also might have the issues with maintaining the property as well which takes time and money even if you've handed off the management to a property manager there's usually some involvement in this maintenance and this might include things like emergency call outs or running tenants or even just general admin such as calling for repair work where you might need to call for a plumber or electrician to just get something fixed there's also a potential for periods of void, so where there's no tenant there at all. And depending on where your property is, this means you might have to put forward an extra capital or have it at reserve to make sure that you can cover the mortgage payment. And these last few points will play into the emotional investment. So managing the property yourself, dealing with tenants, handing out eviction notices, especially if the initial due to just wasn't done, it just means it's extra emotional investment and extra stress. And finally, if you're not renting it out, you're not thinking about how to maintain it yourself, you just not, might want to flip the property, or you just want to hold it to gain capital growth, you might want to choose wisely in this piece, because if you choose wrong, it might go down. So, that's the cons out of the way, and negatives. On to the positives. So, it is a good long-term investment. Yields can be quite high, depending on where you buy. Rental. Much of the high yields for renting are now being seen in the North UK, 
with uh, Scotland, North West England and Yorkshire yielding between 4 and 5% per year. As well as the rental yields though, there are some potential for the property value to go up. But obviously this potential can only be realised if you sell the house. Generally speaking though, to see rent real growth in this area, you should be looking to hold for more than 5 years. If you are wanting to be a buyer landlord, or just a landlord in general, you can also take into account maintenance and estate agent fees and insurance and a few other things as well are tax deductible. It's worth noting as well that if all your tax deductibles come to less than £1,000, it's best to use the £1,000 property allowance, which means you can deduct £1,000 before applying the taxes to any income from property, even if you don't have £1,000 of tax deductibles. If you want to borrow as well, then right now is a great time to borrow for buy-to-lets. With the bank living in the base rate at an all-time low, borrowing for buy-to-let property is now more cost-effective than ever. And finally, the big positive, I would say the biggest, the biggie, is leverage. This is the ability to use borrowing to buy a property worth magnitudes more than any money available to you. For example, buying a property worth £100,000 with £25,000 deposit means you're leveraging £35,000 from the borrower. You might be thinking that this isn't an advantage if you're borrowing more money, but I'll explain later on, at least from a return on investment perspective, why this isn't the case. So that's buy-to-let investments and the positives and negatives for those out of the way. Now on to pros and cons of stocks and shares ISA. So negatives. Unfortunately, there is no leverage with this. You're not borrowing more money to make money. Everything that's invested is 100% your input. In addition, there is the potential for loss, usually with trading on individual stocks or short-term things. As with all trading, there is potential for loss, but this can be mitigated as much as possible by buying low-cost index funds and holding them long-term. Given that it's a long-term investment, it means staying the course through the troughs to get to the highs, which for some can be quite difficult to do, especially if you're checking your balance every day. Staying the course and holding your investments for the long term means you might get larger gains. Even active managed funds usually have a large portion of their investments in cheap long-term indexed funds. That's not to say you can't get some good yields from the short term, but if you're inexperienced and looking for something easy, this isn't the place. And now onto the positives. So up to £20,000 per year currently is exempt from capital gains tax on profit and income tax on dividends and interest. So as long as you maintain the £20,000 per year, then you can take out that money even after it's gained in interest or value and you can take out tax free, which is very useful. There's also the potential for high yield in the long term if you sort of pick the right index or pick the right choice. For example, the S&P 500 has obtained an annualised average of 10% since it opened in the 1920s. Also, there's a huge range of funds and platforms available with varying levels of risk. If you want short-term stocks in specific companies of your choosing, you can. If you want funds across the global marketplace, you can. You can choose according to your own level of risk. As well as that, anything you put in is going to be entirely passive income. So that's a few of the pros and cons of 
Stockton says, and buy to let property. Now, let's have a look at the a rough comparison between the buy to let and the stocks and shares ISA. There's a lot to go through, but generally, you can compare investments using the ROI, so the return on investment. So, let's take an input of £30,000 for each investment and see which one comes out top. So, property. Using that £30,000, you buy a property worth £100,000, so stamp duty comes out £3,000 under the additional property rates. Fees are £3,000. You've got legal and mortgage fees, which leaves the remaining £24,000 towards the deposit. That mortgage fee and the LTV of 76% will get us roughly a rate of around 2% on an interest on the mortgage. Now we're using interest only uh, to get the highest yield, which means the mortgage is £126 per month. And that's for a term of 25 years. Let's assume you can get a rent of £500 per month, minus the mortgage payment, and assumed 15% repairs, which totals about £75. That totals a monthly profit of £298.33. Annually, this gives us a before-tax profit of £3,580. If after one year the property has increased in value, by 5%, that £100,000 property is now worth £105,000. If you were to remortgage after that first year at the same LTV of 76%, your equity in that property would then be £25,200, which is a further profit of £1,200. So profit for that first year totals £1,200 plus £3,580, which is £4,780 or an ROI of 15.93%. Not bad. So, let's take a look at the Stocks and Shares ISA as a comparison. So using that same £30,000, we invest in a low-cost index fund such as the S&P 500, which has had an historic annual return of 9.8%, meaning at the end of the year, you'll have profited £2,940. The combination of £20,000 inside yearly ISA tax free allowance and the £12,000 capital gains allowance means you can take that whole £32,940 without paying any capital gains tax. So taking all this into account, it looks like on first glance that the property investment has the best ROI. However, the property and the ISA are entirely different kettles of fish. The property might not increase in value, for example, or there might be a large repair, or you don't have any tenants for long periods of time. For the ISA, you might choose an index that's a high risk, which means it can go down, or you can choose individual stocks that don't do as well as you expected. For these and many other reasons, it's quite hard, almost impossible Samsung to make a comparison. So, given all these factors taken into account, and the rough ROI comparison between a stocks and shares ISA and a property, what advice would I give and which strategy am I taking? The answer to that generally is quite personal and aligned with your personality and appetite for risk. For example, if you're young, got no dependents, you might want to take a higher risk approach with the chance for higher yields. For me, personally, I'm investing in a number of pots, including property and a stocks and shares ISA, which gives a diversified portfolio, so not putting too many eggs into one basket. 
if you look to diversify, it means you're spreading a risk. So if one of those allocations fails, it doesn't mean you've lost all your money. So, thank you very much for listening. Now you can hopefully use this info and make the choice that's right for you. So, if you've enjoyed my ramblings, if you'd like to subscribe, please do. And uh, please comment, all that good stuff. If you've been listening, thank you very much. And Alt F4.